Cool. Uh, all right. Well, uh, welcome to episode two of what I am tentatively calling an axe throwing podcast. Uh, today's guest is uh, Dr. Michael Dolan McNasty. Now, uh, <laughs> thank now um, do you come from a, a long line of McNasty's? Or are you the, the first doctor? I, I am the first of uh, a line of doctors and McNasty's. Um, try to convince my girlfriend to switch our last name to McNasty. Uh, but that was uh, shut down very quickly. I like how you're like not even waiting till marriage. You're like, let's just get it over with now. Like, yeah. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> let's just two walk years, right into the two, McNasty. <laughs> two and a half years, you know, dating. Let's just, let's just change our last names. No big deal. Cool. Well, uh, well, thank you for joining me. Uh, I, the, the whole point of this podcast is I just want to hear stories from Axe Throwers. I think there's a lot of interesting people in the Axe Throwing community. Uh, some of them I know, some of them I don't. Dolan, I happen to know. We've been thrown together and since going back to Austin, what, like 2018, 2019, something like that. Uh, so I know a little bit about your story, but uh, you know, maybe not as many people do. Uh, so tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, so born and raised in Austin, Texas. Uh, basically lived here my entire life, minus two years living in Columbus, Texas, which was great not um but uh besides that i mean i just you know i started axe throwing uh it was november the last day of november so i think it was like november 30th of like 2017 or 2016 something like that um basically four years ago uh so uh 2017 i think and uh yeah so i started I uh, went for like a charity Movember event that they were hosting. Supposed to go with some friends, but they all bailed. Um, and so I ended up just kind of going by myself. Um, for people that know Jeff Cope, he was working at Urban Axis. He was actually my first like coach, taught me like, you know, the basics of how to throw an axe at the board. Um, and out of the, like that arena, so there was like, there's five arenas at Urban Axis in Austin. Uh, I came in second out of my like group uh, that was throwing that night. And I just basically immediately fell in love with it, like bought an ax and was like, yep, yeah, this is my new thing. Like I'm going to keep coming back and, you know, throwing. Uh, this was all before I even knew that they like did leagues. Um, I just was like, I'm just going to do this as like a, you know, a fun thing or whatever. Cause I was doing improv comedy before that. And then before that I was a musician. So, um, I always kind of just like have like whatever thing outside of regular, you know, just like working nine to five. Like I've always tried to find an outlet to just, you know, do something creative or fun or whatever. Um, and yeah, so found Axoing, fell in love with it. Like immediately started going like once or twice a week. And then I joined Lee. Cool. What uh, you said, what was the first X you bought? The one that you're like, after, uh, after the charity, you're like, I'm, I gotta go get my own. Yeah. It was shop pro. It was just a, like a, $25, $30 shop pro at Urban Access. And uh, yeah, like I broke it within uh, my first month of throwing <laughs> um, just because, you know, kept hitting the handle and all that. But like, yeah, I instantly was just like, yeah, this is the best axe. Um, and then right after I broke it, I bought a German style Prandy. And that's pretty much what I used for the first like year of throwing really. Okay. Do you, uh, do you still have that shop pro head? Did you ever think about rehandling it? Um, I think it was one of the 18 that I ended up trading to goose for, um, for two, uh, uh, hatchet and a big X. 
So okay. like for some 81 axes, um, yeah, I sent him 18 heads and he sent me back uh, a cold steel on a butcher block handle and then a uh, Agdor on a butcher block uh, handle. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, so you um, now you mentioned, you know, like uh, playing music and doing improv. Um, so like, did, did you ever play any other like sports growing up or is Axton like your first kind of sport? Uh, no, I played baseball growing up. That was kind of like fifth grade through like, I think seventh or eighth grade. I think seventh grade was when I stopped. Um, yeah, like I played for a few seasons. I mostly was like out, either outfield, uh, played uh, third base a lot, and then I pitched sometimes too. Uh, my first game ever actually pitching was the second to last or last game of my first season. And because usually the coach's son was pitching, but I had practiced like almost every day or at least every like weekend. Like I was throwing uh my family we grew up um the house we were living at at that time was on an acre of land and we had this like old gate that was broken it was just like perfectly leaned up against the fence to where i could throw the ball and it would automatically kind of come back at me so i just kind of like drew a square you know with some tape and i would just pitch at that thing and just like have it retrieve back to me and i would just stand out there and just like pitch nonstop, uh trying to find like a strike zone basically my very first game, I got the game ball because I got uh, two hits the entire game. I'd struck everybody out. That's awesome. So good job. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Uh, quite a way to like end my first like season, you know, of of throwing because I bunted the ball one time successfully and then swung out like I was yeah striked out every other <laughs> batting attempt. So I wasn't very good uh, at batting, uh, but I was you know, decent at, at throwing and yeah. So you've been throwing stuff for a little while. Yeah. 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 But, um, have you like, do you think that your time kind of like, even if it was only a couple of years, like, do you think that experience throwing or playing the, like you playing baseball helped you with ax throwing? Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, like playing baseball and like playing drums, like even though playing music isn't necessarily competitive, um, I've always pushed myself to be the best at whatever I was doing. Right. So like I wanted to be the best drummer in the world. Like that was my goal. Like I would listen to guys like Tony Royster, Tony Royster Jr. Um, and you know, uh, even though people don't like Dave Matthews band, like their drummer is an, is an amazing artist. Um, you know, I was also into metal. So I would listen to guys, you know, like, um, you know, uh, skate plans drummer who like he did a few, like, um, uh, I think he did one or two albums for Cody and Cambria as well. Um, I would listen to, you know, bands like uh, basically just all sorts of like different, like hardcore and metal bands and stuff, but I was, you know, kind of a wide genre of music, but um, yeah, I think it was just like, it was an obsession. Like I've always kind of had like the one thing that I was obsessed with. So whether it was baseball or music or improv, like I just, go 100 110% into that thing so it kind of the same thing kind of applied to axe throwing where i was like you know my first year of throwing i bought 18 axes and you know just like kind of spent all my time and money like learning how to do this thing i was single i didn't have anything else really going on so i would practice it at least twice a week almost every week um for the first year and a half i'd say of throwing um or like the first yeah first year because uh, I took about 10 weeks off at the end of that um, because I had like hurt my shoulder from throwing so hard. 
Cool. When I first started, when I first started throwing, I was basically throwing my axe like a baseball because we had that really hard pine wood, and uh, I was throwing a German style prandy that has that like curved blade. So it was like if I'd hit flat, it just like would bounce out. Um, so I like really had to like learn how to get that rotation speed to like kind of be consistent. And the way I found to do that was you know basically throwing a, a baseball throw um, and just getting it to tail in every time. So cool. Now, yeah. um, so, so you, so I know you, like you started at Urban Axes, Austin, that's where I started. Um, now like, cause like you still throw there, right? Like you're, I think you're doing a, yeah. sta a standard league right now. Yeah. Uh, everyone hates me cause I'm doing a standard league, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I basically just wanted to hit, I finally hit my hundredth 81. Uh, Congrats. I hadn't hit that cause I, uh, thanks. Uh, cause I'd switched to premier league and, uh, I only, I only do like one league a season. So I'm, I'm not like, uh, Brett or Vale who do like four leagues a season, which is just nuts. Like I can't imagine spending that much money on league. Um, but yeah, so just like, yeah, I just kind of, uh, I just had this goal that has kind of staring me in the face. Like I was too short, 281 short of hitting a hundred. So I was just like, I gotta, I gotta like knock this out just so I can say I'm like good. Um, and then I also just like wanted to make sure I was qualified for ITC. Um, so yeah. yeah makes sense. Uh, and then, cause you also throw waddle, right? Like I think you throw out, uh, yeah. was it, um, axed out and clean? Axed out, axed out Texas and clean. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, and I think, it, I think you're telling me this before we started the call, but, um, so like all your disciplines are on Sunday, is that right? So it's like a full yeah. Sunday, and like you can you have a long commute to get there, right? Yeah. So I drive an hour and a half, pick up Vale. Uh, we drive together, um, and yeah, we've been doing that pretty much every Sunday uh, since we started throwing there. Um, I guess almost a year now, because uh, it was winter league last year, which is wild to even think about. Uh, but yeah, so like we we do knives then hatchet, then uh, duels and big X or my, maybe duels and big X might switch, but yeah, like it's all four disciplines every Sunday, which okay. is a lot. <laughs> do you, um, do you like, do you, or like, like, have you gotten burnt out from throwing? hundred percent? Yes. Um, not until this past year. Um, sorry, dry throw props. Very good. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this yeah, this past year, I think I was just like between the traveling and the constant like throwing. I mean, I was gone pretty much every other weekend from like September through the end of like middle or middle of December. Um, just you know, staying in hotels or you know, driving to people's houses and staying with them or you know, just it was just like nonstop and like it was fun. I've had an absolute blast. I definitely like have improved quite a bit this past year. Um, you know, specifically in Waddle. Uh, but I also found myself just by the time I got to world, I think I was just like, so worn out, like physically and mentally, like I was super sick actually at, at WATC. Like I was having stomach issues like the day before all the way through the end. And like, I ended up was supposed to, I was actually supposed to host like the thrower's ball that Sunday night. And I was so sick. I couldn't like, I literally couldn't even like get out of my hotel bed. Um, so yeah, I think I was just like, that was a really disappointing finish to my year. Um, on top of just like not performing very well at IETC, um, this year, or I'm sorry, at the WATC. Um, 
yeah, so I was just kind of like, I don't know, a little bit defeated. Like the my best discipline, as far as like the only one I made money in was Big X. Um, and I was throwing terribly. Like, I don't know how I ended up managing to like make any money because I, I like my bullseye percentage was like 25 or 24 percent, like which coming off of like Angry Wood, I was throwing 45 percent. So it was just like, yeah, it was just a really like defeating kind of like, I think it was just like mental and nerves and everything else just kind of all got to me. And be, between all that and like not feeling good, I was just like, hey, I am fuck this. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can kind of relate to that when I so like when I was in college, I, I did like amateur MMA and jujitsu competitions and stuff. And I had like four fights in one year, which was too many. And like, like I was still going to school full time and working part time. So it's like, um, but by like that fourth fight, like even going into the fight, I'm like, win, lose or draw. I'm getting Wendy's after this fight. Cause like I'd been like cutting weight and dieting and like, I don't even care about the result. Like I just want a sandwich. Um, and I think like, I, I think I'd like gotten in my head and like beat myself long before like the match ever started. Um, so I, I guess, do you have like the like, kind of like a routine or a habit or anything like that? Or like, have you, like, have you had, days where you're like, I'm not feeling it. And then like you threw well or the vice versa where you're like, I'm stoked. I think I'm going to crush it. And then you're just like, I just didn't come close to what I can do. Uh, like, have you, like, have you, have you found any secrets? Cause uh, like I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I really haven't found any secrets. Like for me, it's just like a matter of not overthrowing, like leading up to the event. Right. So like I used to like right the day before, the event I would throw as much as I could just so I was like hundred percent dialed in felt ready to go. But then the next day I'd be so worn out and so tired. Like my arm would be stiff. My elbow would hurt. My wrist would hurt. My shoulder would hurt. And I was just like, well, this sucks. Like I did all this prep and now I'm like, now I can't even like hit a, you know, clutch or, you know, control my throw enough to like hit a bullseye. So like I would get like two games in and then just fall apart because I couldn't hold my, my hands straight anymore or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's like, don't practice. Like if I'm going to like, you know, kind of go in more focused, like at least two days before I will stop practicing. Um, or if I do go and practice, it's very light. Like I'll throw like 50 throws, maybe a hundred at most, um, just because I don't want to overdo it. Do you have like, uh, is your, is your, practice is it like structured you know like like because i've thought about and i've like tried doing this in the backyard and stuff just like all right if league is four matches and there's usually you know 30 minutes in between matches and you know depending on like the affiliation you get a practice throw or maybe you don't get any after you know whatever um like will you try and like simulate the conditions of a match or anything like in practice or will you just go up there and just throw 50 in a row like like will you keep score when you practice yeah, I'm very lucky that I have someone like Vale, where pretty much if I'm going to practice, he's there. So it's like we have thrown together so much and we push each other because we're pretty close as far as like skill level. Um, that especially like in things like big acts and duels, like, you know, me and him like definitely have pushed each other. And like it definitely shows that like at least for the South region, like most of what we've won has been either duels together or one of us being first or second in big acts in the past year for Waddle specifically. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I, 
you know, I have won quite a few things this past year, but most of them were because it was either me and him performing together in duels or big acts. It wasn't until the fall or summer season that um, I really started kind of honing in my hatchet because I wasn't, I like I said, my hatchet originally was like first one or two games, maybe good. And then after that, just fall apart almost every time. So um, I did have a couple of second place finishes at some like, you know, pretty good tournaments like uh, at regionals as well as a major tournament at uh, Haunted Hatchet. So what's uh what's it like to like actually go on an axe throwing weekend and like come home uh, having made like a bit of a profit? Because I don't know what that's like. I it might not <laughs> just like I just pour money into this and like and I think I've just like already lost like abandoned I notion like maybe one day I could make not even a living. Maybe like maybe this could like pay for something of its own. I was like, no, nah, just let it go. Just I'm just gonna keep this as like a fun thing I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh when I look back at my finances this year, I can kind of give you a, a real clear headshot of what that looks like. Uh, I spent about $2,200 in custom axes, mostly handles and acquiring new new axes. Um, I spent a little over $8,000 in travel. Um, that does not include food or gas. That's literally just hotel, rental car, plane tickets. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I won a little over $6,000 in the past year. Um, okay. So, you know. You spend money, you make money kind of thing, right? Uh, I, I'm very competitive. Um, if you put money out in front of me, I'm going for it. Um, and money is definitely a very good motivator for me when it comes to throwing. Um, there's been times where like I didn't necessarily feel great going into a competition. Um, but because I knew like I wanted to pay for my trip, I would somehow hone in and just like, <laughs> just somehow like pull it back and like gather myself and like get back into that headspace of just like not thinking about what I'm doing and just throw the damn ax. Right. Um, so I've been very lucky in the past year to like actually be really successful and like have some pretty big wins on my, on my uh, hands. Um, but yeah, I think the most I made from any one tournament was I think around 1600 bucks. Um, did you get a big check? yeah uh well no not not for that one uh i did get a big check for the clutch city i won clutch city classic in houston you had like a big 1500 hundred dollar check for winning that so that was really cool <laughs> do you still have it did you keep it is the juice deck with no. like other trophies do you have to like urban, surrender urban, it <laughs> yeah urban access doesn't let you keep it unfortunately uh what, what was funny was right before the pandemic shut down, I'd won the last like urban legends in Austin. And so when everything kind of like reopened and restarted and we did our next urban act, uh, urban legends, my name was still on the board because I couldn't get it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll keep it now. Like if you can't get it off and they were like, no, we were able to finally get it off. I was like, damn, I really <laughs> wanted that. <laughs> I mean, I would like, I don't like checks. I don't, if I have a checkbook, I don't know where it is, but like, I just want a big check for no reason. Like somebody would be like, like, Hey, will you Venmo me? Put a chain on it. Give give me a big check. (laughs) Yeah. I would just put Um, a chain on it and just wear it out. Like flavor flav. I, I've, I've done, I've done like Spartan races and you know, you get a medal at the end of the Spartan race. I'm like, I'm wearing my medal to the bar and they're like, yeah. please don't. I'm like, I earned this medal. I'm wearing this. They're like, I'm not going to hang out with you at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I will say like, I'm very like, I don't know. 
I'm very weird about like trophies and stuff like that. Like I like, it's like for me, it's not definitely not about the hardware. It's just about the win. Right. Like I, I have a lot of stuff, but I don't really display it or anything. Like my, you know, Sierra put up a few like little things like her petition, like, um, I have like one of my Tata awards and I have like the Texas state championship for big acts from, um, the Tata's like tournament out at um, Pump Jackson Tyler, and then like those things that they're like her most improved awards. So yeah, just like there's a few things that, but like you know, like we have a lot of just like random stuff kind of sitting around in our office space. Yeah, I got a. Uh, I just had like moved storage units recently, and I was like, I found like five just two buys with axes. Ted, like they're they're hard to store. Because like, they yeah, don't stack yeah. well, but it's like at well, it's first like, it's like, how what do you hang those up? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was one of one of the people from Urban Axes brought that board to the bar. It was like hard luck loungers. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, you mentioned something before that one. Um, like, I think you talked about how like um, you're like when money's on the line, like you're more focused or something. Or if you're not feeling it, but then like you kind of like get yourself back into it. How, like, do you? Like, do you have like a process for doing that? Because like, there's so many times where like, if I make a mistake or if I just like, you know, if I throw a four, like I'll just be in my head, like the rest of the match, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, it's very hit or miss. Like as far as like where I'm at mentally, um, sometimes I'm really focused and other times I'm a bit more AD, you know, ADHD about it. But when I am kind of like in the zone is when I am just literally lining up does the ax feel good in my hand? Where am I throwing it? That's the three things I want to think about and nothing else. Like that's literally it. And my lined up are like, as in are my feet exactly where I want them to be. And usually I only care about my front foot because my step or whatever I'm doing, um, you know, or if I'm stationary, like that's all I need to care about. Where's my front foot. Everything else should feel natural as far as like the way that I step and all that. Um, does the ax feel good in my hand? So where's it positioned? Like, uh, does that feel comfortable? You know, do I feel like I'm going to get the proper rotation? Um, usually I try to find a spot on my axis. So like, if you look at the back of any of my axes, like specifically on my big axes, I either have a notch or there's like a design, like on my hatchets, I had Curtis put in three stripes. So I kind of have a, a finger placement of where I like put my hand. Um, and then on my big axis, I literally just in marker, black marker, just draw on the back, like where like little notches. And I kind of just remember, OK, like I get better rotation from this distance here. If I'm stationary, I'm a little bit lower, whatever the case is. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, where I'm going is obviously just important as far as, you know, am I going for, you know, bullseye? Am I going for you know clutch kill shot like bullseye, whatever? Like I just, you know, try to focus in on where where the axe is heading. Does uh so with with those kind of like little like reference lines on the back of the axe, do you like will you kind of like have any drift or variance day to day? You're like you know like all right Sunday I'm feeling like the middle line, but then like maybe Monday like oh Monday is a top line kind of day or like. Uh, I decide that in my practice throws. That's pretty much where it is. Like, um, because I either the I <laughs> I'm a real fickle thrower as far as like my positioning. Um. Whereas that, whereas in like, I will change my throw in the middle of throws one and two, if I felt like that last throw wasn't very good. So whether that is changing the positioning of like my distance from the, the starting line or 
changing the position of my hand on the axe. So it's, it's usually one or the other, and I keep messing around with it until I find the perfect combination for that day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all depends like on how like tired I am or how comfortable the axe feels or, you know, is the axe handle too cold, you know, are my hands too cold? Like all, all that stuff affects like how I'm throwing. Do you, um, have you had any competitions that, like spanned multiple days you're like all right like hatch it like day one and then if you advance to day two and like so like something changed in you between day one and day two because like i've had that with different sports like on saturday i was in the zone and then on sunday you're like uh, i just feel like garbage on sunday yeah um i'm trying to think of anything specifically that spanned over multiple days I, I had something like that happen to me in angry wood where it wasn't necessarily multiple days but it was like hours apart where like the, I was throwing really, I mean, I was throwing straight fire. Like I clutched someone out or uh, I, I hit a kill shot against someone when I was only up by two points. And like, it was just because I was like, oh, I'm already up a game. Why not? I'll just, you know, hit this kill and end it. And I hit it and like, everyone was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I kind of did that same thing, like in a premier league where like, uh, Bale had knocked me to B bracket and Johnny, I was playing Johnny and I was already up like two games to to nothing. And I was like, screw it. I'm up by two points. I'm just going to go for the premier clutch and I fucking split it. So it was just like, there's times where it's like uh, when I'm just really in the zone, like I'm, I'm just going to go for it. Um, but then I got to the finals and I couldn't hit a kill shot to save my life. Like I was barely staying in the, in the five or, you know, the four, like I could not hit a bullseye. And it was just like all that adrenaline had just kind of worn off. And like, I was no longer feeling my throw anymore. So it was just kind of like, yeah, all right, well, I made some money. I'm on stage. Yay me. Like I did win against, uh, Travis and I think Vale, man, but I played Tyler twice and like, he smoked me both times. So I was just like, all right, well, whatever. Do you, um, like, do you kind of have like a, like a set, like, like, Basically, like, you know, what you eat or what you drink, you know, before or during competitions, like, do you drink, you know, do you drink beer, water, nothing like, uh, like, you know, do you throw better on an empty stomach, full stomach, or does it not, none of, does none of that stuff matter to you? It all matters. Uh, for me, at least, like, I don't drink any alcohol until after I'm done throwing. Um, for me personally, like, I don't drink much anyways anymore. Like, I'll have like two beers, like, and that's kind of enough sure. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, drinking water but yeah i mostly drink water um and then i'll have like a coke zero it's kind of like my i need a bit of a boost so i'll go get that little bit of that caffeine rush to kind of keep going um but yeah i found for me like personally like soda for whatever reason like just kind of like helps maintain my like mental focus um and i don't get as tired and then i usually don't usually eat um I'll, like if it's a early morning like long day kind of tournament i try to eat a big breakfast and then not eat until like much later so like um yeah it's like i i tried to just kind of like get as many, many calories in in the morning which for me isn't great because i kind of like always have like weird like morning kind of like nausea for some reason uh, but i probably got medical problems uh but anyways <laughs> But yeah, like I, uh, I try to eat, eat as much as I can in the morning and then just throughout the rest of the day, it's mostly just liquids and, you know, 
I end up peeing like a million times throughout the day, but it's just because like, I'm usually either nervous or just chugging water like I normally do. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, uh, was it the last waddle regionals in the fall, the one in, uh, St. Joseph, Missouri, I went to that one and, uh, the wife and I were staying in Kansas city and it was like an hour from the place. And I woke up and I was like, oh, I need to get breakfast. I don't yep, woke up late. No time for breakfast. And then there's just like, I guess I'm just going to throw an empty stuff and I'm throwing better. I actually threw my Waddle high score. It's just 59, nothing special, but, um, but it's like kind of one of the things you're talking about earlier where you're just like, you're just feeling it. Like somebody's like, Hey, you want to go up on nine and 10? And I, that wasn't like, I had the plan for and I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, you want to go up on nine and 10? Like, yeah, I do. Uh, and then, and then like, and then I hit one of them. I was like, all right, I wasn't expecting to do that. And like, all right, well, I'll miss the second one. And I'm like, yeah, let's have fun. I hit the second one, like, I think I just threw my high score. <laughs> um, nice, nice. So I ended up losing the match, but it was cool. I, um, I can't remember exactly what it was. I know it's like, it's in my notes somewhere, but um, yeah. Uh, so we've been going for a little bit. I think I'll, let's kind of maybe move on. You already touched on this a little bit, but uh, tell me about your kind of axe collection. So I know you said you like you, just, you traded 18. Was it? axes heads like combination yeah it was just heads originally like that first year like it was a bunch of like shop pros and cold steel and prandies um a lot of the german style prandies um i think there was a council tool boys axe in there um it was just a bunch of like random stuff that i'd like tried um that i thought like you know your, your first year of throwing like at least four years ago, none of us had any clue like what we were doing. We didn't, you know, there were no like, you know, waddle, you know, throwing axes. It wasn't nothing like that. Like we didn't know anything about, you know, profiling axes. We didn't know anything about the Canadian flick. Like we didn't know shit. Uh, so uh, it was really just experimenting with what was available. Right. So I was, I basically bought every axe on Amazon that I could find that was within specs. Um, eventually landed on the cold steel because it had the best profile at the time. Um, and so I threw cold steels that whole next year, basically um, almost a year and a half, probably um, mostly just because I had that 81 axis set. And so it's like, and I was only throwing ITF at the time um, or NATF at the time. Uh, but yeah, so just kind of stuck with what I knew, which was the yeah, Agdor Big X Cold Steel, you know, a hatchet. And uh, the first year, like I said, I, I was sewing super hard. And I uh, came back after taking about 10 weeks off and like uh, Jeff Cope and a few other people had started doing like the Canadian flick that they had learned um, after coming back from IATC. And um, I was like, all right, well, let me try this. So, you know, hopefully I could kind of like save my shoulder and not hurt it again. Um, and so I think I switched, it was like the first season of 2018 week seven was when I started doing the Canadian flick. <laughs> so it was like, it was literally just kind of like, all right, screw it. I'm giving up on my old throw. It's not as consistent. And I saw what Jeff was doing and he had a few drops here or there, but for the most part, it was a lot more like controlled. Like he was staying like closer into the bullseye. Um, and at the time that like, if you could hit five bulls as you were pretty much golden, like in the occasional like clutch. Right. So, um, yeah, none of us were throwing 81s back then. <laughs> I, remember, I think it was, uh, I mean, I, uh, oh, what was it? 
I can't remember. My brain's <laughs> it's, it's the, near the end of the day. My brain's shutting down. Um, so how, how many axes do you currently have at the moment? Are you, so I know you said like you kind of touched on how much you spent on axes and handles over the year. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere in the 30 ish range, uh, maybe closer to 40. I knew, I knew at one point, like I had like a whole list at the start of 2021. I think it was like around 36 at the time. But I've traded a few and bought a few more since then, so I'm not 100 percent sure at the moment. But 30 ish. <laughs> what are what are you throwing for which disciplines? Um, so for knives, I'm still throwing the Stinger Pluses. Uh, for hatchet, I am throwing uh, a uh, no, not that one. It's <laughs> the problem with having too many axes. Um, <laughs> So this is a Ace of Spades Gen 3 that um, Curtis Atkins from Kurt Axe Customs made me. So um, Bacote wood with some purple heart stripes. And then this is a, uh, I believe, a maple core, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I had him like basically take a little bit of weight off the head. And um, it was really, really rounded and not very well profiled when we, when we got it. So he flattened it a bit. And then put a nice edge on it for me. Um, so this was what I threw at IETC. Um, the first one of these that I had was slightly too light. And then you remade the handle. And now I feel like this one's slightly too heavy. <laughs> so I'm still trying to kind of figure out if like, this is actually what I want to throw. But as far as like shape of the handle and like the blade and coverage there, like it's, it's, damn near a perfect axe i would just kind of wish that it was like a few ounces lighter in the handle um but besides that it's it's a great great axe like i love it um we had to go with a slightly stronger wood because the first version of it snapped so uh but it was it was i think just kind of a an error in like how the um like the one of the laminates didn't really go all the way through the eye so it was kind of, I think, just kind of cockeyed, and I dropped it on some really hard wood at Class X. It just like fell straight down on the handle and just like went <laughs> snapped. Oh, no. I was like, yeah. So I think it was a combination of a, you know that, and then like just kind of a bad case of you know bad wood. So was was that during a competition? No, that was five days before ITC this past year. So you broke your axe five days before ITC. Yeah. That must have been stressful. <laughs> yeah, incredibly. And like literally within three days, Curtis remade me a new one, but then I only had two days to throw. Yeah. You know, so, which I mean, I threw damn near, you know, at, at the highest of my capability, like me and Nick, uh, Colomaya had a really good, like that was my last match. I, I ended up losing, but me and him threw really well against each other. Um, I just barely missed my last kill shot for a 64 against him. So it was like, it was like less than an inch. It was so close. And I was just like, shit. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it is what it is, man. We'll get back there. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think that's pretty much you know, like the end of kind of the agenda. Uh, do you like, I guess, do you have anything that you want to plug any sponsors, anything you want to recommend or shout outs you want to give? Yeah, um, we didn't really talk about uh, big axe or duels as oh, far yeah. as like what I'm throwing. Oh, Sorry, yeah, I, I forgot. 
So my big axe is also, um, it's a distal, distal steel um, Marcus Brown head uh, on a straight handle that Curtis made me. Um, and then my duals axe, I've actually been using a corporal, uh, which I think is confusing for a lot of people. But for me, I don't know why, like I've just found like that teardrop shape um, works for me. And then like with the way that me and Vale throw together, like we don't usually hit our axes at all so it's like and when we like usually even like when we hit our 12s like we're both like on our side of the 12 so like our axes don't actually touch um so for me it wasn't really like uh you know a grouping issue as far as that goes um i, I just found like you know if i did kind of slightly throw high um that little bit of that teardrop would always kind of bleed into the five for me or sometimes i get it to bleed into the bullseye so just like all right. Like I, I like this weight and it was closer to like what my hatchet weight was too. Um, and then especially for like kill for kill shots, like it was, it was really nice as far as just kind of like a nice, you know, all the weights in the head. So I could just kind of focus on like getting that controlled rotation. Um, yeah. So cool. Uh, as far as plugs, uh, so I had four sponsors going into IATC this past year, which uh, they were all absolutely great. Um, so Texas made Toolco, um, the George Sanchez out of Pearland, Texas. Um, he's an amazing thrower and, and a really great axe uh, axe maker. Um, he just made actually a really cool axe with like football grip on the sides, which was really cool. I thought that was like, a really unique idea. That was cool. um, yeah, he did that. He's, done a few with like you know copper and stuff on the sides like just really cool laminates um but he's currently making me an axe right now actually and then uh and then yeah kurt axe custom so curtis atkins based out of uh, austin texas also another axe hour but he mostly focuses on ietf um but yeah, he, he's basically made all of my hatchets and big axes for the last year and a half i've giving that man a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like what he's doing just because his turnaround times are really great, but he also just like really, really like puts a lot of effort into like making sure everything is perfect. So like if I give him a, you know, an idea or a task, like he always comes back with like exactly what I want. Um, you know, I, besides the one issue with that, the last ax I had, um, which I can't remember what the core wood was, but it was, it was a very light wood. Like we knew like, you know, there was potential for that kind of stuff to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just like, he's always been very, very helpful. And, you know, like I said, just kind of always like even my 81 big axe that like I've had for the last, like almost two years, like I, um, it, it ended up snapping, uh, like the wood was starting to come apart in the head and all that. He took it and like, kind of repaired it for me and put it all back together and you know it's like it's thrown really well but i'm just like afraid to throw it now because i don't want it to continue to break um and then uh and then yeah i have a massage therapist uh hanjing uh out of out of austin she gave me a bunch of free sessions for putting her logo on uh the jersey but she's an incredible um just an incredible lady. She, uh, she has done a few seasons of axe sewing here in Austin, but her massage therapy is just like top notch. Like she mainly focuses on like working with athletes and, um, has like really helped focus on areas that I like need improvement on with like my shoulder and, and elbow. Um, like, 
know, tennis elbow pain and stuff like that. Um, and then, um, Jesus Christ, I'm creating my last one. Oh, duh. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Samurai Thai, uh, Leatherworks. So Thai Ledesma also out of, um, I think they're in like Jackson, Texas, but they throw out of Harleen Hatchets or, um, Houston Axe throwing. Uh, but Ty and Erica, they're fantastic people, but Ty does some really, really cool, like leather work, uh, design. Like he did my, my foot clan sheath for me. Sweet. Uh, did that guy. He did, uh, my big axe sheath as well, which was like a, uh, He-Man theme. That's it's cool. Like the He-Man. And then it's got Skeletor. And then, like, he even, like, put my name inside, Dr. McNasty. You know, so in, that, in case you find somebody else that also has a He-Man sheath and you get your axes mixed up, you're like, well, mine's got my name in it. Right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's made me a few. I, uh, I think my duels axe, if it's in here as well. Yeah, I got the uh, the Veil Cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's his logo there, the Tyler Desma, awesome. the... Yeah, samurai tie, love the work, so or love the craft. Sorry, uh, but yeah, man, he's a fantastic person. Even even you know, he's a really good thrower as well. Like he, him and Jordan Wall used to throw together um, when he still had his venue, but due to COVID, they ended up having to close their venue. But oh, that sucks. But yeah, but yeah, man, he's he's good people. So <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time talking, man. It's been good catching up with you. I hope I get to throw with you in yeah. person sometime soon. Uh, I'll let you know next time I'm in Austin or if you come up through OKC, maybe come hang out with me at Twisted Axis. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, good to see cool. you, Bill, as always. Yep. Later, <laughs> Dylan. Adios. Bye.